Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Believe in Falcons. I am your host, Will McFadden. Joining me today, former Falcons fullback, Ovi Mahaley. Ovi, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, brother. I'm good. Can't complain. All right. We are just a couple of days away from the first time that the Falcons will take the field for yeah. the 2022 season. You guys are probably listening to this on a Thursday, so it would be one day for you guys. Um, that's going to be kind of the bulk of today's show is just talking about that training camp game. We're going to touch on a little bit of news and notes right <clears> up at the top. Uh, just a little occurrence or some of the occurrences that have uh, just taken place over the past week as they have prepared for this first game. And we will get into all of that right after this. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including the NFL Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL, combat sports like MMA and boxing, esports like video games, obviously, and even golf. Want our live tour, PGA, probably both. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, Ovi, before we get to the, the preview for Friday's game, just wanted to kind of quickly go around some of the news from training camp. Really, they, they wrapped up, I guess, training camp officially today, even though I, I've never understood that, you know, it's like the preseason hasn't even really begun yet and, and they're done with camp. I know that probably meant a little bit more back in not to you know make you feel old, but back in your day when yes. there were two days, when there were things, you know, you're, oh. you're living there and all of that stuff. That's still true. But, you know, how much did you look forward to the end of training camp, even though the preseason hadn't really begun? It was everything, man. I mean, again, <laughs> it's different now, but back in the day, those two a days living, at least while I was in Baltimore, living in high school, college esque dorms with bunk Ooh, beds, with springs stress. in your back, which is incredible. I know they wanted to rough it, but for <laughs> athletes that are worth millions of dollars, you would think they'd find a better mattress. But we were just happy to go to our own beds, see our families, be with our kids, and not have to, like, you know, because we're, we're grown. We're, you know, in our late 20s and, you know, 30s. Yeah. And, having a roommate <laughs> every day for weeks <laughs> on end is just not ideal for a lot of people. In fact, what, most of the superstars have their own rooms, but still it was uh, a lot. So the end of camp was everything. Yeah. I, I remember one time in high school, we took a trip down to Troy university for kind of like a, a weekend camp. And I can't imagine that you guys were even close to the same living situations that we were, but it sounds like you were just two, two cots in, in kind of a yep. small little dorm room. And uh, you get to know your, your bunkmate pretty damn pretty well, well, I would assume. Yep. <laughs> more more two, well two than athletes. you would like to. So, um, you know, one, one interesting uh, note that took place during Wednesday's practice session, Michael Vick 
back out in Flowery Branch I heard. At, at a training camp practice. Now, I know he's been to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I've seen him there on the sidelines before games. Um, I think most notably it was the Thursday night game against New Orleans uh, a little while back. But he's been there for, for a couple of Ring of Honor um, kind of inductions, things like that. I don't yeah. know if he's been up to a training camp, at least not during the time that I was covering the team. You know, it was nice to see them, I guess, welcome him back with open yes. arms and and really, you know, got the mobile quarterbacks up in uh, up in camp out in force. But he was asked, I guess, how he would fare in today's game. He said he would be more akin to a Lamar Jackson, a Kyler Murray. I think he'd be better than both of those guys because I think he's got a better arm than either of them. You know, what, how do you think Michael Vick would would fare in 2022? Oh, Vick would be great. He'd be uh, <laughs> great. I, I heard him on the radio talking about um, just his experience and how he would be. I think that, you know, everyone always talks about so much talent, so yeah. uh, electric. If he had the work ethic he has now when in his media days, or even the work ethic he had when he came out of jail and went to the Philly, uh, to the Philadelphia Eagles, he would be so dangerous because mm-hmm. he's got all the tools and can make the throws and despite people being uh, trying to pigeonhole him as just a running quarterback, Mike had an arm, he had a cannon, yeah. and he could put it where it needed to be a place to, uh, when, when the time was necessary. But it, it was that, I won't say Cerebral Park, he's a smart guy, but he didn't apply himself. Right. And even he admits that. Mm-hmm. So if, if he had a chance to do it all over again, it'd be scary to see how good he would be. You talk about him having an arm, dude. He had a wrist that that man just flick his wrist and that ball's 50 yards on a rope down. I've never seen anything like it. Like, I I mean, it's it's right up there with Josh Allen. It's right up there with Patrick Mahomes. Like it could be better than than both of them. And oh, by the way, he's the most agile fast. But like we could sit here and do a whole podcast on how Michael Vick would be. Um, We will move on. Uh, Some injuries seemingly mounting. Marlon Davidson has missed uh, a couple of practices now. I doubt that he's going to end up playing on Friday. That really sucks to see um, because it seems like by all accounts, he came into training camp as healthy as he's been so far uh, in his NFL career. So you hate to see him kind of get dinged up before the the pads really come on against another team. Uh, mm-hmm. Jalen Hawkins also reportedly went down. This was in Michael Rothstein's notes uh, during a special teams drill. Seemed like a little bit of a scary moment. He has been a starting safety throughout camp so far. He's looked really good, made a couple of nice plays on the ball. By all accounts, he's going to be okay. Uh, they, they held him out, I think, the rest of the practice just as a precaution, but he was still out there on the field, so he didn't go back in. These two key guys, Marlon, how quickly is it, or how important is it to get him back quickly? And then Jalen, would you play him on Friday, or would you hold him out as a precaution, given that he's he's dinged himself up here? Yeah, we de- definitely wouldn't uh, play Jalen. Uh, uh, Marlon just depends on how he feels, but I, I, it's it's the hardest thing to find that balance of, Going yeah. all out, trying to, you know, uh, maul your opponent, you know, being competitive and being safe because it's hard to play yeah, smart, protect, hard to play smart and protect yourself. It's hard to protect yourself and play smart. And <laughs> only the vets know how to, to really do it or they find the fine line uh, as a running back or fullback where you see a guy in a vulnerable position. You want to kind of get the mental uh, kind of body muscle memory to finish him and to mm-hmm. get low and to explode through your hips and to, you know, put your arms up aside. But with your teammates, you can't go all out because if you injure somebody, you put yourself and your teammate at a disadvantage. So um, not all guys get that, especially the guys who are on that bubble. I've been yeah. in a bubble yeah. where I'm sorry, 
I get zero fucks like, about yeah. what you got to deal with. I just don't care. Like, I, I have to feed my family. I have mm-hmm. to make a team. I have to whatever. And outside of hitting the quarterback, which you just can't do, I don't care who you are, when you are, how you want to make the team, that will get you off the team. Outside of that, you know, some of these young guys are just like, hey, reprimand me later, cuss me out later, but you're going to see me and know me as a guy who's going all out all the time, and that sometimes leads to injuries, which you don't want in the preseason when these games don't count. Yeah, and and that's where you're saying it's the two sides of the coin, right? Because it to be to be protective of yourself, weirdly, it's counterintuitive. You have to go full speed, right? Because if you're not going full speed and the other person is, that's when you're most likely to get injured. Exactly. It's, like, it's like a car crash, right? Like if, yep. you, if two cars are going the same uh, speed, weirdly enough, it kind of counteracts it. But if, if one car just is running a red light and the other is kind of sitting there in the intersection, the, the car that's parked is going to get crushed. And the crazy thing too, uh, uh, Will, the crazy thing is that they'll have uh, sometimes guys try to do, I wouldn't say vets, but like guys who are in the transition of becoming vets to uh, crazy rookies, they'll have an agreement. Like, all right, we're good. We're going to like, you know, cut, not chill, but we're not going to kill each other. All right, especially fullbacks and linebackers. Like, hey, yo, we're going yeah. to fit good. But then when someone breaks that agreement, it is on <laughs> and popping. When someone breaks that agreement, it is a cardinal sin because like you mentioned, you're going, you know, half speed, three quarter speed. Other guys going full speed. Yeah. He knocks your block off, and everyone's like, "Oh!" Ooh. And it's on film forever. Yeah, it's hard to get back from that, and and from there, it's just who can one up each other, and it gets a little dirtier, and it gets yeah, getting it's, some uh, bad places. It's the the hunter and the hunted mentality, right? It's the yes. it's the predator and prey. Which speaking of which, Ovi on Hulu. New Predator movie out. It's a prequel. It's so good, dude. So good. Everyone's saying it should have been a blockbuster like uh, theater movie. It could have been been great. It would have been like the number one movie, I think, in theaters right now. It's really, really good. I would definitely check it out. Um, We'll check it out. That's going to be a great double feature with Friday's preseason game. Just watch that to get in the mood and then go see fourth stringers uh, drop passes (laughs) for 15 minutes. um, (laughs) If I'm correct, they still don't play the starters the first game, right? Is is Arthur Smith changing it up? Arthur Smith has said that he plans to play pretty much everybody. You know, if you're healthy, if you're, if you're good to go, like Kyle Pitts going to be out there, Cordero Patterson going to be out there. So I, you know, I would expect they should with three games. They absolutely should. They should. And they need the chemistry. They need all of that. So I would expect to see a healthy dose, you know, maybe not Kyle Pitts, AJ Terrell, Grady Jarrett, those guys, you know, probably a series like usual, but I would expect a lot of the starters to be out there for a good bit of the first uh, quarter, at least because on offense, you're going to want them to get that chemistry with Marcus Mariota. And by all accounts, Marcus Mariota is really starting to separate himself from the pack. He has had mm. two really good days of practice. He's been sharp. He's been pushing the ball down the field, which is something that Arthur Smith has publicly said that he wants to see more of. They need to start connecting on some of these deep passes. So we're going to get to the quarterbacks a little bit more. But the last little bit of, of news to kind of you know come out the last week that I think means something is Michael Pruitt. Uh, the tight end they have signed, and he's he's gotten runs with the veterans early on. I think his first practice, uh, Michael Rothstein reported that he was out there with kind of you know the ones and the twos. Makes sense. He's got familiarity with Arthur Smith. He was in Tennessee beforehand. Mm-hmm. I was on uh, you know the Falcolic podcast yesterday, and my thought was that guys who kind of come in midway through camp usually are, are starting you know a little bit behind. To to be fair, you know to be mm-hmm. honestly kind. Right. Like it's it's not usual that a player who is signed maybe as the result of an injury to somebody else 
ends up making your 53-man roster. That's usually just kind of a camp body who's out here because you, you yep. need the guys. That being said, Michael Pruitt, good, good blocker. I think that clearly the Falcons have the receiving tight ends locked down. Kyle Pitts, Anthony Ferkser, Felipe Franks emerging, you know, as, as maybe their third. That's I know it's weird. It's weird, but you got to see it, man. I think you're going to see a lot of it on, uh, on Friday. Clips. Yeah. Is Franks, um, he's still the third quarterback on the depth chart, right? He's still the third quarterback, right. So that that could open up a spot for somebody like Michael Pruitt to be that blocking tight end that Arthur Smith has liked. And so I think that kind of puts a lot of the younger guys on notice. John Fitzpatrick, a draft pick, kind of brought in here to be a blocking tight end. John Rain, somebody who's been in here on the practice squad last year, blocking tight end. So that's one thing that I think I'm coming around on because of the uh, the great argument that the guys on the Falcolic podcast had. I think that he's brought in here actually because the coaches may be a little bit, uh, you know, not over the moon with, with some of the guys that they had maybe envisioning in that role. He's got a history with Arthur Smith. He's been a starter, um, you know, for, for a good bit of his career. So that's one thing that I think to keep an eye on. But let's talk about Friday's game. Um, you know, Ovi, as a player, I, I just I think that this is, you know, the, the best thing that you bring to this podcast is the actual experience. You've been through it. I'm just out here kind of talking about what I see. Anybody can do that. You you lived in my man. So not first, everyone can do it with your hair as well. I mean, you, you, you can't. I do got both. real Sean McVay like going on. Anytime it, I cut it, my hair short, I just I turn into Sean McVay. It's special. It's, it's something. <laughs> um. What's the first preseason game like? What's your mindset going into it? You know, I'm sure it changes throughout the course of your career. When you're trying to make the team, it means a whole lot more to you than, you know, when, when you're a veteran who's, you know, just signed a new extension. But kind of what, what does the preseason game mean going into it? And then how does it change the perspective of kind of the rest of the preseason? Well, it's exciting to hit somebody who's not on your team. It's exciting to take off the limiters uh, and, and go all out. Um, it's, it's exciting to play in like a, a game in a pretty preseason in a big ass stadium. And, <laughs> you know, some of these guys came from small schools, some of media schools or a couple, you know, came from some uh, big schools, but playing an NFL stadium, it's a different feel like your hair stands up on the end of your back, of your neck and you get those butterflies, but it's, it's a good type of anxiety. It's like a, you know, excitement, a buzz, and when you get there, you have to be able to control um, just your emotions because there's so much. And for me, uh, you know, I had had have great parents and I went to a great school and I actually graduated and I had uh, backup plans ready on day one. <laughs> Not everyone has that. A lot of yeah. people are football or bust. Uh, they don't sure if they this doesn't work. They're going to the XFL. They're going to Canada football. Like they are football ride or die. Yeah. And so with that pressure you put on yourself, with you know some guys come in here who have kids already, who got families already, who have extended families to where they're the one who made it out and they're trying to you know take mm -hmm. care of the whole crew. It's a lot, dude. Like for me, yeah. I just wanted to not mess up the 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 chance, the opportunity. Because you can be great in practice. If you don't play good in this game, it doesn't mean anything about how great you are in practice. They'll say, you know, he's just a practice player. He can't shine on, on Sundays or he can't shine uh, when the lights are on. He gets he gets caught up in, in the, uh, the moment. So it's overcoming that and kind of showing the players, the coaches, uh, other teams, as we, as we well know, <clears throat> what you got. How much of 
you know, for a veteran, right? Like, you, you know, you know, you're kind of good on the team or, or maybe you have a good expectation to make the team. How much of, of the preseason is about finding that pregame routine that works best for you? Because like you said, you got a lot of nerves. I'm sure that that ramps up throughout the regular. Yeah. Like they don't go away, right? You just have to learn what is your routine. Just like a, a golfer steps up to the tee the exact same way, resets himself to take that swing. Is it the same way with an NFL player? You kind of find what's working for you each season? Yeah, Um well, I think once you find it, you keep it. So uh, <laughs> a lot of guys don't change it season to season. They they look for they're not um, putting the left sock on first this no, year no, no. and then the right sock they're on. Find <laughs> out what works for them, how long they need to uh, stretch. Uh, if they need to do hot tub, cold tub, cold tub, hot tub. They need to uh, get any type of uh, you know not stretching like like uh, oh bathroom um, breaks, bathroom breaks, <laughs> and like you know any last minute uh pills or uh anti-inflammatory stuff and mm-hmm. i don't know what's legal now but we used to get Port a shot all. at all <laughs> yeah. before every single game we'd line up and you know i believe that that was legal it was just like every guy just like the, the vets would tell the young guys hey man get your tortoise shot <laughs> why i don't need tortoise trust me you're gonna yeah. need it and it would kind of just you know can you can you explain briefly just kind of why why that was important on sunday because it um you were in for a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of, uh, you know, muscle, physical uh, damage. Yeah. And so having anything to help with pain and inflammation, which I believe Toro does, I'm not a, a scientist or a pharmacist, but uh, it, 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 I could feel it when I didn't get the shot. I, I felt the pain a bit more. And for special teams guys hitting the wedge, <laughs> wedge busters like myself, you had to, I took that on top of Advil and Tylenol just to go ahead and numb myself out and be ready for, for the pain because I knew I was going, even though I want to keep my head out of it, helmet to helmet with some 300 pound, like, you know, monsters. And so, yeah, it, the root routine just had to deal with whatever got you ready to go to war. And we it say numbs- war, uh, but, you know, play football in a crazy way. Yeah. I mean, each plays a car crash, right? So it, yes. it, it just uh, numbs the nerve endings a little bit. So makes makes it okay to run out there and bang into everybody uh, play after play. But you you kind of alluded to this. How much do things change as the result of the first preseason game? You know, somebody who can go out there and be crushing it the, the throughout training camp, because as we've learned, apparently training camp ends before the games even start. But Crazy. you can have a great camp and come out here and, you know, let's say you're a receiver, you have two or three drops. Everything that you've worked already, is that just out the window? And now the coaching staff is like, hey, you got to prove to us that you can actually do it when it matters. Is that accurate? Uh, it's very accurate. And uh, I mean, if you are just a crazy, amazing practice player and you stink it up, they'll give you another chance. They'll even give you a third chance. But if you can't <laughs> play on Sundays or Saturdays, whenever the lights are on on yeah. game day, they can't use you. Like they, they'll... Um, you know, it all comes into play when they're deciding who to cut, who to keep. They take the overall package of what you bring to the table, but you've got to be someone who who shines because there are guys the opposite way who are terrible in practice. They're <laughs> dropping balls, they're sticking it up, but that same guy, maybe it's like uh, some of them have nothing to lose. They go out there and they're just amazing interceptions with one hand, uh, linebackers, you know, busting through the line, knocking over an office lineman, then getting a sack. You'll see people on special teams running back. A guy who was muffing punts in practice is, is now running <laughs> back punts for touchdowns. Yeah. Like I love those guys. I love the you know the HBCU Division Three punt returner, kickoff returner who 
no one's really looking at. He's like a fifth string receiver or a seventh yeah. string DB, but he's got talent on special teams. Like we're all rooting for that guy. That's a guy where, you know, the stars we get up, even though we got our baseball hats on and we're done. Like, come on, <laughs> let's go. Um, guy was like, uh, it was like BJ. I forget what his name was in, in Baltimore. A guy named BJ. He came from a small, small school. He actually made the team. We were all so excited when he made the team. Nice. Uh, he was the special teams ace. Uh, small guy. Whenever he got hit, he got up somehow, but you thought he was going to great. So those guys are the ones that, you know, uh, that, that show up and show out. But it just depends on how you can, uh, you know, make people notice you on game day. That's that's such an interesting point, because even among NFL athletes, you know, the, the top 0.5% of athletes like on the planet, every team has those handful of guys, maybe just one guy where everybody's like, that dude's different. And if he yeah. just if he can catch the ball, if he can hold on to the ball, like we want to be standing up and at the sidelines to watch this guy with the ball yeah. in his hands because he's that electric. For Atlanta, uh, Brent, Brent Grimes. I remember oh, uh, when yeah. Brent Grimes on practice squad, and we were just like, holy shit. Like, look <laughs> at that dude. Like, he is, he has the badge ladder. He's just climbing it, getting interceptions from Julio Jones, like, you know, talking <laughs> crap to Roddy White and and just making it to where the whole offense is like, don't throw his way because that little guy doesn't have a contract, not drafted, practice squad. He is something else. Like, he's scarier than D'Angelo <laughs> That dude could Hall. jump he, like a flea. Yeah. And, and, you know, obviously he got his uh, his money and got his fame and people actually recognized him. But starting out, there are people who just somehow fell through the cracks. And, and those are the ones that, you know, make hard knocks, you know, get all those viewers because you, you love those rags to riches story. And I, I hope that someone on the Falcons who has talent can, can show up and show out during these preseason games. Absolutely. But I, I think maybe the most important position, or at least the one that would make fans feel the most at ease would be the quarterbacks showing yeah. out, obviously. And yeah. I mentioned Marcus Mariota has played well kind of leading up to this game, which is exactly what you want to see. And I think that makes sense. It's not, it's not that I think Marcus Mariota is rapidly improving talent-wise. I think that when I think it's underrated that the quarterbacks and the receivers have to get on the same page. He has to know exactly where they're going to be mm-hmm. while he's staring down pass rushers and have all these other things going on in his head. And he doesn't really have time to actually look at where the receiver is and where he's running. He just is throwing to spots. And it takes time for all of that stuff to connect and get on the same page. It looks like it is now. So hopefully we're going to see that on Friday. How much run do you think they're going to give Marcus Mariota? I'm assuming he's going to work with the starters, but would you play him a full first quarter? Would you play him into the second or would you just give him maybe two or three series? Uh, uh, Half and half. I I really, I I know Mariota is probably going to win the job and has a job. I I don't know if it's been announced officially, but um seems like it's it's leading that way yeah i mean that's, that's pretty much where we're all going but i think uh secretly anyone you know with, with, with who understands football wants the younger talent with more upside to just explode out there so mm-hmm. if I, it was me i'd give them half and half for all three games half and half and the third game might go the way where if i see desmond ritter really showing up even though i want to start marcus mariota what do we got to lose? You know, if that's where it just show, shows up and just is like balling and, and it's giving us Russell Wilson, Michael Vick ish type of. Uh, yeah, I was about to ask, what is what does balling mean to you? Like, oh, for, for me, it's going to be um, 
I, I don't want to see him just make safe throws and get down the field and be a good game manager or a manager and hand the ball off and clock. I want to see him do something outside of himself. I want because he, he's going to need to do something because uh, if he just plays average, all right, mm-hmm. we got Marcus Mariota for that. Let's be average. <laughs> let's you know win four, five, six games, and let's be a middle of the pack draft pick. But if he can do uh, whatever wants him to do, which is to complete deep balls, which is to see the uh, um, you know the blitz come in, call the audible, get the team in and out of that. To run mm-hmm. the two minute drill, to be able to uh, you know make plays with his feet like we all know he can, but more importantly to stay in the pocket and make some tough throws when he knows he might get hit. Like I want to see some maturity. I want to see that you can play in the NFL. And if, if he does that and is just on fire, uh, not giving up the ball because that's very important. I don't care how good you are if you're throwing interceptions every other 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 pick. It's it's pointless. So. I want to see if he can be that guy. And if he has nothing to lose, which frankly he doesn't, I think he should play loose and just have fun. So let's say, let's say Desmond Ritter, there, there are two alternate universes here. There's mm-hmm. one where Desmond Ritter goes like six of 13, but he completes a 35 yard pass. He completes a, a 28 yard pass. He, you know, has a couple of, you know, intermediate stuff there. And he, you know, let's say he gets a long touchdown. Then there's mm-hmm. another universe where he's, 12 of 15 with maybe one explosive play in there. Which would you be more impressed by coming out of, of the first game? Would you like him taking these chances, taking these shots, even if it sacrifices some of that accuracy? Or would you want him to come out being like, man, he moved the offense down the field. He kind of took what was given to him. Sure, he, he wasn't going for that home run ball, but he didn't risk the ball. He didn't put it. Let's say the first universe, there's an interception in there as well. How are you yes. feeling about those two games? Oh, you're making it hard, Willie. Um, <laughs> you're making it hard. Um, I, as the fan, as a person who's uh, thinking long term, I want him to have the explosive plays. This is all about the explosives. We talk about that stuff all the time. Like we need yep. somebody who can be exciting, who could, you know, be able to uh, turn the game around at, at any at any point. Um, we have a lot of careful quarterbacks out there. You know, a lot of college quarterbacks, a lot of Stetson Bennett's can go out there and just, you know, manage the game. And eh, granted, he won a uh, championship, but still, <laughs> uh, we have people who can just, you know, be safe. I, I right. want somebody who can take chances and still, you know, be safe. I want one at all, but I'll take the, the <laughs> second one because you can still coach him being able to um, make better reads and yeah, be able you can to rein him uh, in. Get the ball. But it's hard to to coach and and have somebody have that confidence in themselves and to be able to instill that confidence in your team to make these plays, to call these plays, to make these audibles and to to go for it. When you see option one, option two, option three, option three is the safest. It's, you know, uh, 10 yard out. We get a first down. But, hey, we can get the first down. But we also can get a touchdown if you feel confident yourself to fit the ball in a tight window to Kyle Pitts down the field. I want mm-hmm. that guy who's like, I believe in myself. I believe in my team. We're going to make this work because that's going to be necessary to win a lot of these games against the Tom Brady's and the Josh Allen's and the you know Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, we can't have a quarterback who's dinking and dunking when they got beasts out there. And don't expect our quarterback to be a Hall of Fame, you know, year one. But I want him to not back down. 
Yeah, if it's if it's 27 to 14 with 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter and you've got a quarterback out there who's thrown four yard curl routes on like first down, that's that's like the worst place to be in because yep. explosive plays offensively means so much to a team's you know ability to win games and the game gets so much harder the closer you get to the end zone. So that is why you see so many teams dial up these explosive shot plays when they're in that high red and that 20 to 40 yards range because they don't want to be inside of the 20. <laughs> like yep. they, they don't want that space condensed, especially not now when it's all pass oriented. Back in your day, no, nah, teams were like, get us to the five, get us to the two. Oh, love it. We're going we're gonna to punch that in. Over. But especially if you have a rookie quarterback, I think that they would love to see him be taking some of those shots, especially if they get into scoring range to say, we're going to just put a dagger in right here. Um, and, and I would, I agree. I think that would be, especially in a game that doesn't matter. <laughs> like that's, that's when you want to show that you have that in you. Um, Felipe Franks really quickly. He's played really well as a tight end. Do you think he's going to get any run here at quarterback? They've been practicing him as the third string quarterback. He's looked decent. I think that he'll get, you know, probably the second half of the fourth quarter. Um, no. If okay. I'm them, I'm not doing anything with Felipe Franks because <laughs> I need to see as much as I can Marcus Mariota, as much as I can Desmond Ritter, especially Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Uh, so Felipe Franks, like if we have you in there, then it's it's a problem. We're <laughs> we're in a bad <laughs> even place. in the preseason. Like, yeah, get get your reps in. I mean, I I'll give him like maybe half a quarter. Um on two of the games uh you know this just depends like maybe the last game if if marcus yeah, mariota has been balling out first two games like oh my gosh we've seen enough ritter you're gonna be good <laughs> in a couple of years but marcus right now gives his best chance to win and uh marcus you sit down so felipe <laughs> you and desmond you know play it out or desmond you get three quarters felipe get one but i don't see i mean he's he's impressed with route running as a tight end but you're going to know that he's not blocking anybody when he's in a tight end, Felipe Franks. So no, <laughs> uh, and it, it's, it's fun to have him in there, run routes. And as a quarterback, he kind of probably understands uh, timing and the rhythm and the steps. But, you know, I, I thought maybe he might bulk up if he's going to be running tight end routes or playing tight end or flirting with that idea. Um, he hasn't bulked up. I think someone asked that. He's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm good where I'm at. You're good at 220 pounds or whatever you are. Yeah, it's like 230 on a good yeah, day. 230 to, to block a, a 280-pound defensive end as a tight end? <laughs> no. Not going to happen. He's, I, I do think um, the blocking for this team is going to be very leverage-based. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's they're going to be having uh, their tight ends he, with their hand like, in the dirt. That's the best thing he can do. He can go at somebody's uh, knees or thighs and cut them and, and uh, make himself useful, get in the way. So outside of the quarterbacks, what position group are you most looking forward to uh, watching on Friday? Uh, outside of the quarterbacks, I want to see uh, our, our new uh, primetime first string, uh, first round receiver. I want to see if Drake's going to be everyone thing that he's uh, been he's looking up to be. I, I can't wait for the, I, again, I know they're not going against each other, but Drake versus Julio. I want to see who has <laughs> bigger game and better stats because a lot of Falcons fans have been saying that, you know, Drake's the Julio replacement. He's going to surprise people. And he has some of the physical tools to, to be like that. It's just hard to create, recreate primetime Julio or even primetime Roddy White. Like, we need a, a A-list receiver. We need a superstar receiver. And I want to see if he's up for the task because uh, 
college video. I've seen all the college highlights a thousand times and him with his tongue out ah, and eyes all big. <laughs> and he's got that dog in him. Everyone says he's got that dog in him when he's going to play. And I want to see some of that dog. I, I, I like it when it gets feisty. I love it when these guys <laughs> start getting a little, you know, a little nasty and talking a little trash and, and uh, you know, going up to that line and crossing a little bit. Like you spoken like a that. true fullback. Oh, you need a little bit of, uh, of edge to your team. And I yeah. played teams with edges to where I'm like, God dang, I, I ain't trying to mess with them. I, 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 these guys are going to fight us if we win or if we lose. Like either way, after the game, like they're going to come after us. They're going to come. Like you had that feeling. They're just mean, nasty. Mm-hmm. Some of them. It's. I want that in our team. And granted, it may not happen in the preseason game because it's not that much online. But I want some of our leaders to show that swagger and to show that confidence and to show that, that, that grit that we've been missing for so many years. And it, it can be a receiver. It doesn't have to be a, a – well, back in my days, our offensive line and, our, and, the, and oh, yeah. fullback, me, we were setting the tone mm-hmm. every single game. And we <laughs> made sure that we, we got the defense riled up and Abraham set the tone on the defense side, getting them going. We need some of that in the offense. I mean, we need some of that really for the whole team. And Drake seems like a guy who could who could speak that into or breathe that life into uh, the team. Based on what I've seen in camp so far, that granted, just two practices, but, but those two practices, this team does feel like it has, you know, the the beginnings of that type of edge, of that type yes. of mentality, especially in the secondary. I think Casey Hayward, being the veteran that he he is, and and having been on you know some some decent teams over the years. He's really coming in and just being the very vocal uh, guy in the secondary, getting everybody hype. Anytime a big play is made, just they're going nuts over there on the yep. sidelines, which is <laughs> is what you need. The, exactly. In the trenches, we've seen some fights already. So, like, I think they're trying to set that tone. I think they're trying to get that mentality and that edge. And, and really, the coaching staff is saying that that comes from you guys. That comes from the players. We're not out here to be rah-rah guys. Like, do your, do your damn job. Come out yeah. here. Bring the energy that we need from you. And we're going to be looking and evaluating that just as much as whether or not you can catch a baller or not. So yep. I think that's a great choice. I actually, I had them kind of written down as my backup pick, but I'm, I'm really interested to see the linebackers on, uh, mm. on Friday because I think that this is a group where there's a lot of just different skill sets, both your, your outside and your inside, guys who can blitz, guys who can cover, guys who have some great instincts. Um, you know, I, I don't know if there's necessarily a run defender in the mix to the level of, of like Dion. Uh, when he was at his best, just that sideline to sideline heat seeking missile. But who knows? Deion Jones could very well be back in this lineup this season. So maybe he fills that role. And then your your edge rushers, Lorenzo Carter. What does That's he look like? D'Angelo, D'Angelo yeah. Malone, uh, the rookie Arnold Evacati, another rookie. Like I think Ade Ogundeji is going to be one of the keys to this defense as your edge setter, as your kind of strong side linebacker who's going to have to fly up there and just nail the fullback, the tight end, and really create a hard edge. So this linebacker group is, and of course, Troy Anderson, the guy that you hate, and I'm excited to see. We're going to see gonna, him. We're going to figure this out, Ovi. We've got to bet throughout the season. Yep. Oh. We're doing it. We're oh, Troy, Troy we got our Troy tracker. We're adding it. We're adding yeah. it to the sheet. We got a Troy tracker every single <laughs> week this Troy season. Troy tracker. We're doing Shit, it. Make that makes a team. I'll be uh, unfortunately <laughs> making, team, making the team. He's making I, the team. Don't see it. I need to be shown it. So I'm going to be watching Troy. Hopefully he flies <laughs> around, makes some big hits, and is going to be that Keith Bullock. Uh, uh, not Keith Bullock. Uh, Keith, uh, uh, what's his Brooking. name? Keith Brooking. Brooking. <laughs> uh, yeah, Keith Brooking. I love Keith Brooking. Oh, he's so freaking cool. 
Uh, <laughs> great, great guy. His his speeches were the best, were oh the absolute best. Uh, he was just he, he was so crazy, 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 crazy <laughs> in a good way. Uh, but but yeah, no, uh, Epic Katie and uh, Ogundeji, uh, my, my African uh, brothers who yeah. need to help the defense just light their hair on fire and gaps the quarterback. I want to see us scare quarterbacks, make them move out the spot. Now, I know we can't get sacks every play, but they need to be pressured. They need to be hurried. And hopefully this new defense can make that happen. Yeah, I mean, you talk about the pressure, you talk about hurrying, and I, I really, I think that we're going to see it. I think we're going to see a lot more blitzing, um, whether or not they show that in the preseason. I think they will, because I think Dean Pease is going to want to see it in action um, against another team, because we didn't see it a lot last year. So I expect, yes, the Falcons to be probably bringing a lot more pressure. But mm. on the flip side, the offensive line, maybe the single biggest uh, group underneath the microscope for this fan base. And they should be. They got Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's going to be Caleb McGarry. I don't know if that's going to be Jake Matthews. I don't know if they're going to move him inside and and try him against, uh, you know, one of the guards. Probably not. Probably going to stay on the edge. But the Lions have some good other other pass rushers. How important is this game? Not necessarily for Jake or for Chris Lindstrom, but certainly Drew Dahlman, Matt Hennessy in a rotation at center. And then you've got Elijah Wilkinson. I don't know if Jalen Mayfield's going to play or not, but certainly, you know, Elijah Wilkinson could probably like clinch this thing with a really good game on Friday. Yeah. He's he's really got a leg up, I think, here on Jalen Mayfield. And then Caleb McGarry, if he is against Aiden Hutchinson and has a strong game, That'd be great. I, think that, I think that's exactly the confidence boost that he needs. So what do you hope to see from this offensive line? I hope um, that the offensive, the offensive linemen know that everyone's watching them. And they know that they <laughs> are not just going to be scrutinized by their uh, position coaches and the offensive coordinator, but like the... Falcon fan base is tired of offensive lines being ranked in the bottom of the league year after year. They're tired of the offensive lines getting their quarterbacks hit. You know, thank God Matt Ryan's uh, in a better place. <laughs> Still alive? Better because the man <laughs> took a beating. He yeah. was abused. The police should have been called several times for the crimes that were committed on the field against Matt Ryan because Ooh. offensive line did not block for him. They did not protect him. They did not do what the offensive line is supposed to do. Say it so, again for the people in the back. Exactly. I need them to like, have some real pride in their unit because it's, yeah, they make mistakes individually, but they're, they're a unit, they're a crew, they're a group, and yeah. they take uh, a certain level of, of pride and have a respect regarding their duty to protect the quarterback. So there's no better time to start it than now. And against live ammunition, this should be something to where they, put on a show because we've paid money. We've drafted first round. We've you try to get the best of the best. We've done everything to fix it. And it's, it's coming along, but <laughs> what matters is what you do on, on game day. So game yeah. days around the corner, show us. And another key wrinkle specifically, you know, we'll, we'll get a taste of it on Friday, but mostly for this season, Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, very, very different quarterbacks than Matt Ryan. Notably, they tend to scramble when things break down. So I'm I asked, excited about that. I asked Jake Matthews though, specifically about that as an offensive lineman. You know, we saw this with Russell Wilson forever in Seattle. Like the reason he had a lot of sacks or took a lot of sacks, it's kind of because he was running around. His offensive line didn't know where he was behind. Yeah. Them. So I talked to Jake Matthews just about that. And he said, yeah, it's, it's a learning process. They have to learn what his tendencies are, just like he has to kind of learn 
where they're trying to protect him, how they're trying to move mm-hmm. guys around. So that's another wrinkle that I would, you know, just suggest fans maybe keep in the back of their mind as they're watching this. It's all right. When, when Marcus or Desmond starts to get a little antsy back there in the pocket, how does the offensive line adjust? Are they aware of that? Do they kind of know that, Hey, we know he wants to roll this way or run this way. So we're kind of moving guys this way. Anyway, that's, that's all something that I'm going to be really fascinated to see because they've got to get that part of the game down before the regular season starts. Otherwise, we may be seeing high sack note or sack totals again. Maybe yeah. not because the offensive line is just getting run over by a turnstile, but maybe just because of the style of play that the quarterback is bringing. That's a great point, William. I didn't even think about that um, with them having to kind of switch the way that they block and kind of reacclimate themselves to a different style of quarterback. Mm-hmm. That could take a while. That could be a growing pain that doesn't get fixed until halfway through the season. And, and a dozen sacks into it. Uh, hopefully not. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it, it could backfire the whole mobile quarterback thing. Hopefully it doesn't, though. I, I, I don't think, think it will. I don't think I it think will. I think that there's more good than bad with having a quarterback who doesn't run like a baby giraffe. Uh, yeah. God bless Matt Ryan. Um, but <laughs> someone who can move and can get to uh, the sticks and move the chains when we need them to. Well, and notably, and I don't know about Desmond Ritter, but Marcus Mariota has historically not been the type of quarterback to like lose you yardage trying to get a big play. He's not yeah. Calvin Ridleying this, where you know Calvin yeah. would catch a ball and then run three yards backwards to try to like outrun the, the and everybody time. was just like, just go forward, just get a first down. <laughs> please, um, please fall forward, please. But please I, but I think Marcus Mariota has proven historically that he does that. He sees five yards. I'm getting five yards and getting out of bounds. And I'm just yep. he's a smart player, so I anticipate that not being a huge problem. But also, if they just block everybody in front of him, I'm sure it wouldn't be. So last last question about uh, Friday's game. What is the most important thing for you to see on Friday? If you see this one thing, you will kind of be like, hey, I'm I'm glad that that happened. Uh, the most important thing that I want to see on Friday is a tie between um, <laughs> the lines. It, it's it's because uh, the big man, man with the game, like it, the battles mm-hmm. won the trenches. If you can't get that done, you can't do anything. So I want to see the offensive line the quarterback i want to see defense line get at the quarterback that's as simple as you can get but if i had to choose one i'll choose a defensive line get get into the quarterback just because i haven't seen that in so long and <laughs> it'd be so exciting to have that guy and this guy and that guy oh my gosh we have options we yeah. have multiple threats to get at the quarterback that is unheard of in atlanta on the defense side of the ball and it would be a nice uh little I think confidence boost for those defensive players and for the defense as a whole to say, hey, we we got something here. We 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 have, <laughs> you know, the ability to do some things that other teams haven't done. Let's let's get it. Let's build on top of this. And uh it's one thing to believe that you can do something, but then actually doing it, that belief goes through the roof. Like I, I believe I can play in the NFL. I believe that, you know, I can catch a five yard out. I can believe I can break tackles and get, get touchdowns. When I actually did it, Oh, you couldn't tell me shit. Like I, I, I knew that I was that guy who <laughs> people uh, could not mess with. So, getting these uh, uh, young players, even some of the vets who kind of dealt with mediocrity to sub mediocrity, uh, the the confidence in winning would be nice. But you know, preseason doesn't work out all that time. But knowing that yeah. we can be effective and we can execute on both sides of the ball will be key in building us up to get ready for the regular season. Yeah, so in the trenches, I completely agree. Uh, And I think I'm going to call it right now. 
I think Grady Jarrett is really going to have one of his better seasons of his career this year because I think we're going to see more options around him and the team scheming him up. If he is kind of playing that three, four end, you know, like five technique, then Mm -hmm. I think that they're going to see or going to find ways to get him more one on one matchups against a guard. Uh, you know, bring somebody on on kind of a stun around the tackle, occupy the center, get him one-on-one looks, which he hadn't had in a while. And I think that he'll be really effective this year. So I completely agree. I think the pass rush would be huge. But my my answer, which is the right answer, objectively, your answer is wrong. It's good, but it's wrong. Um, they just have to get out of this game relatively healthy. And that's the answer. It's a cop-out, but it's the answer for every preseason game. It is. Doesn't matter what it the is. score is. Come out of this with with your guys healthy. We've already started to see the news teams left and right losing just key players. Knock on wood again. Can't stress that enough. Just get out of here healthy and, uh, and make it into the season with all of your guys intact. So we'll find out whether or not they can do that on Friday. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully they do that. At least my thing uh, and get out of there healthy. But everything that we just talked about will, um, you know, we'll be able to pass judgment on in, you know, a matter of hours, 24, 48, whenever you're listening to this, but it is soon we will get to see the 2022 version of the Falcons back out there on the field. And it's really exciting. Um, So that will do it for today's podcast. Um, You know, we'll be back on Saturday with uh, ESPN's Mike Rothstein is going to hop on and kind of recap the game from his perspective. So uh, stay tuned for that. And then please send us in mailbag questions. You know, OV. You down for a mailbag episode in the I near am future? I down for a mailbag question. <laughs> All right. So send those in. You can, uh, I guess, shoot me uh, your questions on Twitter at Will McFadden. Uh, send them via email. Uh, believe in Falcons, B-L-E-A-V, at gmail.com. Um, so you can send them that way. We will compile them. We'll go through them um, and try to answer them as best we can. You can follow Ovi on Twitter at OviMahaley34. And please let everybody know where they can find our show. Uh, wherever they get their podcast, that's where we are. As always, guys, today's podcast was presented by Bet Online. Get ready for some Falcons football because it is back. We are officially getting a game. And from there, you know, we're off. From there, everything begins and the regular season is going to be here just before you know it. So take care. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.